Welcome. This is the Word to Wisdom with John Strasse, a teaching ministry that will build you up in the love of God's Word. And now, here's John. Hey, this is John Strasse, and welcome to the program today. I'm excited about this entire lesson and series on faith righteousness. It's such a vital point to our lives. It's something that every Christian needs to understand. And today we're going to continue with that. This is part three, and we're going to talk about grace today in connection with our faith righteousness, because faith and grace actually always work together. Grace is always a part of this equation. We really can't even talk about faith righteousness without talking about grace. So this is why we're going to do that today and just get that into this whole picture so you can understand what our faith righteousness is really all about. All along through the series, we have started out with Romans 5 and 1. And Paul is talking to the Romans here. And and this verse says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in verse 2, Paul goes on to say something very important. Through whom, meaning Jesus, through whom we have obtained our introduction or access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. This is a powerful and rich scripture, because Paul is talking about both faith and grace. I want to read it again, and I want to just go through this a little bit, and we'll talk about grace a little bit more. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also We have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we stand in a place of grace. We were justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's saying through whom we have obtained our access by faith into this place of grace. We stand there. So what is grace? A lot of Christians actually have a pretty good understanding of grace. This is not a difficult concept for most people. And I would say most people have a pretty good understanding of grace. I still want to put it together with faith so we can have a better understanding that our right standing with God was a free gift to us when we first learned about it, and it remains a free gift. That's one of the things. Somewhere along the line, we seem to lose sight of the fact that this grace was given to us for free. It was a free gift that we could receive and believe and accept by faith. So in talking about grace, we would say it's the gift of God through Jesus. Grace is the undeserved favor of God. And if you want to understand grace, you would simply look at Jesus. And we'll see what God did through his, I would say, grace gift of Jesus. Grace is free. It's a free gift. And it's a gift of reconciliation to God, where we have a relationship with him, where we are reconciled to him through Jesus. And it's free. Grace is what God did. And it's what he did independent of what we actually deserve. He gave us the gift of everlasting life through his son, Jesus. This is what grace is about. And to put it simply, Jesus is that grace. He is the gift. He is the provider of our life. 
He did all this freely for us. He died in our place freely. You had nothing to do with that. That's what grace is. And because of this grace, I'll go back to Romans 5 and 2. He's talking about Jesus and he says, through whom we have obtained our access by faith into this grace in which we stand. It's because of Jesus that we stand in grace. Because we have faith in Jesus. Faith and grace work together. Grace is the gift that God gave us, the favor that he gave us. And we believe in what Jesus did, and we receive all of this grace. And it's all done through faith. In one way, it's very simple. In another way, some people miss it. The Apostle John spoke about Jesus, and he spoke about grace. And he did so in the very first chapter of his gospel. I want to read a couple of verses there, starting at verse 14. This is the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh. And when John said the Word, he meant Jesus. He called Jesus the Word. So I'll read it again. And when the Word became flesh and lived among us, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And he goes on to say, full of grace and truth. You know, it says in that verse that we beheld his glory. Glory is the word doxa. The Greek word is doxa, and it means opinion, actually. And in the New Testament, it's always a good opinion. But it means more than that. It's the essence of God. It's his person. It is the air about him, so to speak. It is his presence, his glory. And when God is present, his glory fills the place where he is present. And he's, John is talking about Jesus this way. He says, we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten of the Father. And he described it by saying, full of grace and truth. And John goes on to say in, in verse 16, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. And look at verse 17. This is really interesting because we've been talking about the law through this, that we are not justified by the law or by our own works, but by faith. But John says here, the law was given through Moses, and it was. Moses brought the law. God gave him the Ten Commandments, and that's where the law started. Many other laws were added, but that's where it started, and it was given through Moses. So John says, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't come with the law. He came to fulfill the law, but he didn't come with the law. He came with grace and truth. This is really important to see. This is what Jesus did. If you look at his life, I just said a few minutes ago, if you want to understand grace, look at the life of Jesus and read anywhere through the Gospels when people would come to Jesus, people from all walks of life, some who had done terrible things, some who had not done such terrible things, all lost, all in need of healing, of some sort of need. And what did Jesus do every time? He said, yes, I'll heal you. Yes, I will help you. He always did. It was free. He never charged them. He never condemned them. A couple of people he warned not to sin again, but he healed them first. This was his grace. This was truth. And it was freely given. John was making a comparison here between the law 
and grace. And you know, I thought to say this in short, when we speak of the law and we say that we are not justified by the law, I am talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about all the laws that you can find in the Old Testament. But I'm also talking about man-made laws. The church and many religious people make all sorts of laws. They may say that you're not right with God if you don't wear your hair a certain way. Or you're not right with God if you don't dress a certain way when you go to church. Or you're not right with God if you don't fast a certain number of times in a month. These are man-made laws. And a lot of people live that way. People get religious and they come up with all sorts of things. There's probably a list a mile long of laws that different types of groups and people have made. So when I talk about the law, I'm actually referring to anything that we have made up. You know, Jesus spoke about man-made traditions and commands that we create as religious people. They were the Pharisees and they were asking why Jesus' disciples didn't wash their hands before they ate. And they didn't see it as just a matter of cleanliness. They saw it as a matter of being right with God because their tradition was to do this. And when they did that, they felt holier than everybody else. And that's the way they presented it to Jesus. Well, your disciples aren't following the traditions of our elders. But Jesus answers them. And this, again, is Mark 7 and verse 6. And Jesus answered them and said, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commands of men. Did you see that? Teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. And he went on to say, this is verse 8, For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. And he gave them some of the examples. They had ways of washing cups and pitchers and all sorts of things. And he said, many other such things do you do. So Jesus was showing them that they were making up commands that weren't even in the scriptures. And they held to them. And it's just a religious way of being. And it has followed through the centuries. We still do it today. So I'm saying that to say this, when I say the law or good works, this is what we're referring to, either directly the law that's in the scriptures, the Ten Commandments and the other laws, or laws that churches or people or groups have made. And Paul has repeatedly told us our right standing with God doesn't come through following a law. There may be laws that are good, but our right standing with God, our righteousness is of faith. And we're going to see today through grace. So let's look at some other things. Understanding grace, I'll tell you right now, will be very helpful, especially on days when for some reason some accusation has come into your mind. Oh, you didn't do this right. Or you messed up yesterday. And you just feel accused. But God is not there pounding you on the head with a hammer. If anything, he would rather you came to him and say, yep, Lord, I, I messed up. And he's right there to say, I know, and you're forgiven, and we're going to move forward in grace and in faith and in love. I'm not going to condemn you for it. He's not going to hold you accountable and lose your sonship and, and be condemned. He's not going to do that. So we stand on the ground, which is really our promised land, that we are justified and saved by faith through the grace gift of God. That's Jesus. This gift came to us freely. That's grace. We receive it by faith. Grace and faith work together. 
Let's look at what Paul has to say about grace in Ephesians. We're in Ephesians 2 today, and we'll be reading verses 7 through 10. These are beautiful verses that pretty much say everything that this episode is about. And he's in the middle of a thought in verse 7, and he goes on to say that in the ages to come, he might show, he's talking about God the Father, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now that's saying everything that we have been talking about. That one verse covers everything we've said here today. Nothing is left out. It's so elegant. He's saying, for by grace, this free gift of God, you have been saved through faith. The grace was given to us freely and we received it through faith. And he goes on to say, and that not of yourselves. In other words, you had nothing to do with this. We have to remember that every day. We didn't have anything to do with this free gift that came to us. It was given to us, not by some work that we did, but through faith. When this picture becomes clear, it's very, very liberating. And he says, it's the gift of God, not of some works. And he was saying, lest anyone should boast. And this is something God won't have. He won't have you walking around saying that your salvation and your right standing with God was because you did something, was because of some action that you took and some law that you followed or some ritual that you went through. Nothing can bring this grace except God's goodness. I'll read verse 8 again because it just says it better than anyone can say it. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It says it all. If that doesn't say it for you, I don't think it can be said anymore. (laughs) It's just too clear. And we have to remember this every day. Following this, this way of thinking will bring more righteousness and goodness and good works and holiness in your life. It doesn't give you a free pass just to sin. God saved you to free you from sin. Paul says that in Romans 6 and 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. He wouldn't have said that if he was going to teach all this just so we could go do anything we wanted to do. We can't. That's not the way we live. We live free from sin, and free from sin means we're not sinning. But if we do, we have forgiveness and right standing with God in spite of it. And we ask for forgiveness and we move on. Everybody makes mistakes. And God knows that, and he is there to forgive us. He has given us forgiveness. It's a free gift. And that's my way of saying, don't get condemned just because you made a mistake. Get back up on your feet, go to God, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I wish I hadn't done that. Help me to grow in this grace wherein I stand. And thank you that I have it. You'll be more thankful and loving to God taking this path than any other. If you follow the law and do things to be right with God, you're not going to love God. But if you realize that God has been so gracious to you as to give you this life, or that even when you mess up, he's still there and loving and and just there to help you through and, and overcome that thing, 
you're going to appreciate and love God far more deeply. And in fact, this verse that we're reading in Ephesians 2, it goes on to say, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Look at this for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is Paul's way of saying that we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, so we don't boast, because we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works. This is the intention of God. He puts those two together. This is Ephesians 2, and it's verse 8 and verse 10. He puts them together. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And then he goes on to say, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's saying we will walk in good works. We will walk in a holy life. But those good works don't make us righteous. His righteousness makes us righteous. His grace has saved us so we can move on to do good works and be the light of this world and be the salt of the earth. Do you see? I love this. Let's look at Romans 3, where Paul is still talking about grace, and he's, he's talking about the righteousness of God. Romans 3 and 21 and 24. We're going to read those two verses. Verse 21 says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So right there, again, Paul is just saying that the righteousness of God has been revealed, and it's apart from the law. That's why John said Moses brought the law, but Jesus came with grace and truth. We read that in the first chapter of John. And Paul is saying it another way. The righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, it was written in the scriptures. And in verse 24, this is where he nails it. And he says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And this is what we believe in. This is where our faith sits. This is all just so clear. And I think some people have a hard time believing it. It's almost a difficult thing to teach because you hear the naysaying, you hear the doubt in people's heart. Could this really be true? And if it is true, does that mean we can just go sin? And the answer to that question is no. Paul talks about that in Romans 6. We do not take advantage of God's grace. That's not what this is about. That's why I love the scripture that we just read, Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And he said that right after he said that it is by grace that we have been saved through faith not by our own works, but it's the gift of God so that we don't boast of ourselves. I hope this is clear. I hope this is something that you understand. I'm going to close by reading something in Titus. This is beautiful. It's just stunning, really. This is Titus 3, 4 through 7. I want you to hear this this just beautiful verse. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior towards man, appeared. I mean, that, that is just amazing. He's saying, after the kindness and love of God, our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. He meant our spiritual rebirth and by the renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior 
that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Paul is saying here that the kindness of love of God came forward and appeared towards man. That is grace. Verse 4 there is a picture of grace. After the kindness and love of God, our Savior towards man appeared. And it wasn't by works of righteousness that we have done, but it was according to his mercy, his grace, that he saved us. And it goes to say, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. This is the new birth and the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. It's all about him. In verse 6, which he shed on us abundantly through Christ Jesus our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We have become heirs with Christ. We have received every promise that he has. He's already given it to us. We're seated with him in heavenly places. This is the gift and grace of God. And this always plays a role. This free gift to this goodness of God, this undeserved favor of God, is always daily, hourly, minute by minute, part of our lives. And my hope in all of this is that you don't forget that, that every day you remember that you are standing in this grace. It's the first verse that we read, Romans 5 and 1. I, I, I want to read that again. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained our access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. He's talking about how faith and how grace work together. And this is what we have received. The gift that we have received of salvation is so rich, it's hard to comprehend. It's hard to fathom it. It feels too good to be true, but it is true. And that's why it's called the good news. This good news is so good that it would make somebody just drop to their knees in glory and thankfulness to God that he has taken away our sins, that we can have right standing with God by this grace gift that he has given us, all because we believe in this good message, this good news, and this is wherein we stand. And this is what I'm going to close with today. This is our grace. This is what we believe and have faith in. And this is faith righteousness that because of the grace of God, we have received salvation through his son by faith. Now, this is so good. Brothers and sisters, thank you for listening today. I hope this has been a tremendous blessing to you. And we're gonna continue on with this again. So I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.